0: Enjoy yourselves, make sure you preach to the people driving you home tonight what you learned in there, amen. We're in Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 tonight. This is Blessed is the Man, part 5. Tonight we'll focus on Blessed is the Man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. That's verse one of Psalms chapter one. Think about that. That's how the song book starts out. The great song book begins its first line with this beautiful tune, this beautiful direction of instruction for God's people. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands. In the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And I'm just believing the Lord's going to stir our hearts tonight and give us what we need for such a time as this. We need the word of the Lord, as Andrew said. We need the word of the Lord. It is the greatest commodity on the planet. It is the greatest commodity on the planet. Without the word of the Lord, there would be no faith for us to live by faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God we must have the word of God Jesus said abide in me and let my word abide in you that that word abide means remain and continue that means we continue to live by the word of God we can't live without it we can't stay on the path without it we can't be right about anything without it We can't have anything but opinions that we've all got, but they're all of the flesh without the Word of God. It takes the Word of God. Amen. God Himself found the world in in, uh, just just darkness, and it became that way, and I won't get into all that, but the Spirit of God just was hovering across the great face of the deep. but, But when God spoke, the Spirit went to work. It's the same way in your born-again experience when you heard the gospel. I don't care if it was a radio, a TV, your mama, your kids, your daddy. When they were sharing the gospel with you, that was the voice of the Lord speaking through them. That was the word of the Lord. And when you believed it, the Spirit of God that was giving them the word to give you, went to work in you. It takes the Word of God for the Spirit of God to be found moving among God's people. And today's church don't want the Word. They just want the moving of the Spirit. God said, forget it. He said, forget it. You'll hear my Word. That's what all of the Old Testament. You wouldn't hearken to my Word? Okay. You wouldn't hearken to my counsel? Okay. Okay and we'll see it tonight, I'm just going to turn you over to your own counsel. And we have to face the repercussions of the words that we've exalted above the Word of God. Amen. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You have to live by the Word of God or you're living by another word. Because there's a word you're living by. Amen. Some word you're living by. You remember what happened in the Garden of Eden. They had one word from God. But when they accepted another word, the word they had received, the word that Adam had received from God, was the word that would allow him to remain in the dominion and the authority that he had from God. But when he heard and believed another voice, then he made null and void the voice of God, and he and we all the human race have caught it for that. But we all are living by some word, Amen. Let's read it again tonight. Psalms chapter 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not. So this is not talking about just your position that you have as a Christian. This is talking about your condition. And it is you and me. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I wrote here in my notes, we cannot rise to stand to walk if we do not rise from the proper seated position. And today, when I was studying this a little bit more, I thought about a book that I've never read by Watchman Nee. I, I, I don't have it in my library yet. It's called uh, Sit, Walk, and Stand. Well, I, 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 his... The way he ministered it, however, that was is probably right. But I'm going to make a little change tonight because you you you, you don't rise and walk and stand. You right you you sit and from a seated position you stand and only when you're standing can you walk. So and you need to you need to understand that. And so I bet what he wrote is really good, and I'll probably read it if y'all will to buy me the book. Go ahead, but and. Uh, but because I have read some and am presently along the way in some way reading some of his stuff, and it's very, very interesting. But so we, we cannot rise to stand to walk if we do not rise from the proper seated position. And let me see if I can say this right. You, you and I can't walk right spiritually if we're not standing first right spiritually, and that standing place being a stance from a risen place from where we're seated. Everything happens. Our stance and our walk spiritually is all rooted in where we're seated. And we see this in this first verse. You see the word walks, you see the word stands, and you see the word sits. All three of them. So we'll go through some scriptures tonight, and I pray the Lord help us to see a little bit more clear that this is an experience for all Christians. We're not perfect and we won't get it perfect, but we can be growing. We can experience these things. We we can walk in the counsel of the Lord, the godly. We can stand in the way of the righteous. We can sit in the seat of of those who carry the proper testimony instead of the scornful, the the scoffers. Amen. We can. Especially those who've learned and are still learning the message of the cross, the proper object of faith being the Son of God and what He did at Calvary. Amen. So the first verse I want to cover tonight is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Andrew mentioned it earlier. And I mentioned it Sunday morning, but we didn't go look at it, but I was close. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 says, The Lord has raised us up together. Talking about you and Jesus together. You know how he was able to raise you up together? Because you were crucified with him. And from the death, he then buried him, and you were buried with him, and then he raised him up, And then He ascended and you were raised up with Him and look at what the Bible says, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And occasionally I minister on this and we may just need to get on this sometime and stay on it for a while because I know how we are. We don't just get stuff real easy. We have to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and keep hearing it until one day we go, Oh. I see this now. But we have died with Christ being completely put away and buried. And when he was resurrected, none of the old you came out of the grave with him. The new man is in him, and that's all that came out of the grave, the new creation. And he not only was resurrected, but he ascended, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Right now, the Bible says in Ephesians one three that he upholds all things by the word of his power and he is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high and you have been made to sit together with him in heavenly places that's what the bible says so everything that we do should we should function out of our position in him where he is at the th- at the throne now, our faith is in the sacrifice. That's where our faith has to be. And we'll be talking about something. I mentioned it. I ain't getting into it too deep tonight because I hadn't got it yet. I mentioned it to Brother Don. We, we both kind of looked at each other bug-eyed for a minute. But if, you, if, if we know the answer is the cross, we've got faith in the sacrifice. Why do we need to go to the throne? I told you, look at you. (laughs) Amen. And we'll see in the days ahead how your faith in the sacrifice of Christ is your dwelling place there in Him. It allows you to experience not only being crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised to newness of life with Christ, but also to be ascended with Him. We're talking about throne life. No, we're not there yet in in our new bodies. But my friends, wherever Christ is, there we are. He represented us at Calvary, in death, burial, resurrection. And now he represents us at the right hand of the Father. And it's as real as anything. And for years we've talked about... The, the cross and the burial and the resurrection, but you and I can live gathered around the throne right now. The Bible says let us come to the throne boldly, does it not? To receive grace and mercy in our time of need. How many times is that? <laughs> How much of time is that not yet? I don't know. <laughs> it's always I need help. It's always I need grace. It's always I need mercy. And I can actually, through faith in the sacrifice, just dwell at the throne and see from the throne. I'm talking about a reality. Your Bible says He's made us sit together. That's your Bible. You don't hear it taught very much, except by maybe some fanatics who are taking it too far and out of context. Like make-believe. This is not make-believe. This is what we experience by faith. This is not make-believe like we're some nuts. Well, I'm not really here. You can't see me. You're just seeing. No, no, we're real and we're really here. But by faith, we were crucified with Christ and saved and buried and resurrected and ascended, all of it. We can live by faith. And experience this. And and as I said Sunday morning, the view from the throne and the experience at the throne is better than any other experience. Mm. So our walk, look at these three things. Our walk is based on the counsel we're receiving. Mm. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Our walk is based on the counsel we're receiving. And and this ties in with what we've said for all these years. We live and act the way we do because we think the way we think. And we think the way we think because the counsel we're believing. We're being counseled. It may be by our old flesh, but we're being counseled. It may be by a lying preacher. It may be by some old grandma that thinks uh, you can put up a dream catcher and it's going to do something for you. It may be by somebody reading a Zodiac and telling you to, you better take heed, boy, go eat some Chinese food and get one of them Chinese cookies or whatever they come. Yeah. There's, uh, there's counsel everywhere. The Bible says there are many voices and none of them are insignificant. They all have a purpose and a goal. Every voice, every counsel, and we'll see some of that tonight. So our walk is based on the counsel we receive. You can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly and be blessed in your experience. The blessing is not there to be experienced when we're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. It's not going to happen. You might have a house like they got, a car like they got. You might have the best clothes, but that don't mean you're, that you're blessed spiritually of the Lord and experiencing those things by faith. Amen. And our standing is based on our knowledge really of and reaction to sin, the sin nature, our standing, because we're either standing in grace or we're bound under law. We're, our being seated is what we're resting in and it will result in our heart's declaration of it. Instead of, instead of uh, what the Bible here says about sitting in the seat of the scornful, the scoffers we will be sitting in our seat with Jesus and the view will be different and the declaration will be different. Instead of us being scornful, we'll have the testimony of God just like the apostle Paul did. And we'll be determined not to know anything else, but the testimony of God. Amen. Which doesn't come with words of men's wisdom or excellency of speech. It comes with the testimony of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the testimony of God. And everything else is really a distraction from that if it's not tied to that, if that's not a part of what we're hearing. So let me read this again. Uh, Let me see. No, let me read this. Walking, let's talk about walking for a minute. The child of God either walks after the Spirit or after the flesh. Galatians 5 spells that out. We can either walk after the Spirit by keeping our faith in what put us in the Spirit, the death of Jesus, or we can trust in grandma's dream catcher or the zodiac or this or that or whatever, all the other counsel, and we'll walk in a a place that's not blessed. Amen. I believe everybody in here probably knows what that's like. Everybody in here, everybody watching knows what it's like to be receiving counsel from the ungodly and your life looked like you were receiving counsel from the ungodly. So what we do with the cross of Christ, moment by moment, will determine where we walk. That's what the Bible teaches. If your faith is in the sacrifice, and it's becoming, to me, more evident with greater clarity what the Lord is showing those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, those will accept the truth. Scriptures such as 2 Corinthians four eleven that your God, the Holy Spirit, always delivers you unto death for Jesus' sake, waking us up to the reality that He's not doing what He's doing for our sake; He's doing it for His Son's sake. Boy, that that that'll that'll rub a selfish man wrong. Well, when's God gonna do something for my sake? He did. He gave His Son on Calvary's cross. And really, really, that was even for Jesus' sake. Amen. So he could fulfill the scriptures. So he could be the firstborn from the dead. And many, many other things. But we're delivered always unto death for Jesus' sake so that we can express him instead of ourselves in this life, in this selfie world. They hadn't seen me in a while. Just being funny, but it's real. What we do, I'm going to say this again, what we do with the cross of Christ, moment by moment, will determine where we walk. And walking spiritually is based on counsel. Walking spiritually is based on counsel. There can be some good upstanding citizens in the community who have good lives to look at morally so to speak but if they're not receiving the counsel of the word of god god knows the difference amen jesus said in matthew 7 not everybody that calls me lord's going to make it in hmm. and notice this counsel Counsel is, I love this, counsel is advice that has a purpose. Counsel is advice that has a purpose. The devil, the old serpent, brought Eve some counsel. Did he have a purpose? Yeah, he did. All counsel has a purpose. God has a purpose for giving you his counsel. He has a purpose, and the purpose is that you would be blessed. And your greatest blessing is expressing his son. That's your greatest blessing. It ain't your house and your three meals a day. It's not your fine car. It's not all these things that are good things that God has bestowed upon us uh, to be able to enjoy them. But our greatest gift and greatest opportunity in our entire life is to be able to express Jesus. God forbid we don't live. Not ex- or we that we l- don't live expressing Him. Amen. The Bible says in Psalms 81, verses 11 and 12, but my people, something we talked about a while ago, but my people would not hearken to my voice. You know, you've got a Bible. This is the voice of God. The voice of God won't speak outside of what's written in this book, the Bible. But my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would none of me. means they would not have none of me. Think about that. Israel would not have none of me. I've, I've come also to the conclusion that most all of Israel that ever lived didn't really know the Lord. Paul says it in the book of Romans that not all Israel is Israel. The very few. Very few. They killed the prophets. They killed everybody God sent down through the ages to try to get 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 a bride for His son. They just kept killing everybody God sent. Amen. I'm talking about Israel. And that just it just it's mind blowing to us. But but sometimes we have attitudes like we don't want nothing to do with Him either. When He shows up and tries to correct us. And we just go to speaking in tongues. Sin there, we're going to cover it with touch. No, you're not. I got quiet up in here tonight. Yeah, well, sometimes we try to wiggle out of sin instead of going to Calvary. And if you go to Calvary, sin is going to be taken care of. It ain't going to be taken care of till you do go to Calvary. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would, none, would have none of me. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust, and that is why we sometimes we get rebellious on God and want to do something our own way. Don't we want to go about this our own way? It's hearts. The heart is lusting. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust and they walked in their own councils if we get around if we get around a round table and try to find the will of the Lord we better be gathered around the word of the Lord and we better be in prayer and we better be listening and our faith better be right he says so I gave them up unto their own hearts lust and they walked in their own counsel. My own counsel outside the word of the Lord is because of a heart that's lusting after something of the flesh. Psalms 119 verse 24, I love this. The Bible says your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Your testimonies, the psalmist said, your word also is what my delight is and it they are my counselor. This is your counselor. You know, we got what they call Christian counselors today. They better have this open when when somebody comes to counsel. And they better not only have this open, but they better be pointing somewhere. The same place this book is pointing. Amen. To the cross of Christ or the word not going to help you without the cross. Word not going to help you without the cross. The word without the cross is you trying to work the word. The word in the light of the cross gets you to where the living word did the work. And what you're struggling with can be ripped away. We don't work to love people. We keep our faith in that which allows us by the Spirit to love people. Amen. And all the works that we're called to walk in, ordained to walk in, are in Christ Jesus. They're in him. That means they're not experienced unless our faith is in what it was in when we began. So your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. And I don't have it here written, but there is a scripture that David, I think, wrote uh, something about... Teach me thy one, the wonderful truths of thy law, thy word. I've been I've been saying that for oh years, even before I knew the way, the, the message of the cross, the great revelation of Calvary. But because I found it years ago, and I began to pray that Lord, show me the, the wonderful truths of Your Word, because they're hidden there, not from You but for You. To search for is treasure. And when you do, you'll find that treasure. Hallelujah. Your testimonies also are my delight. Do you know what that word delight means? I hope you'd write this down tonight and at least remember it in your heart because it's very important that you do. The word delight means to have a pliable and moldable heart. It doesn't mean just, oh, I just just delight in the Lord. Oh, it's a delight. That ain't what that means. When Joshua said, if the Lord delight in us, he'll give us the land. That means if he finds pliable and moldable hearts, uh, pliable and moldable to what he's already said, he'll give us the land he's already promised us. Amen. What's the scripture in Psalms that says, if you delight in the Lord, he'll give you the Desires of your heart, that doesn't mean if you just, well, I delight in the Lord. I go to church. A, no, that word delight means a pliable, to have a pliable and a moldable heart. Not just somebody who's excited on the outward about the things of God and some outward appearance, but those who have a heart that's ready to be cha- willing to be changed by God. He gives them the desires of their heart. Amen. All right, Psalm seventy three twenty four. Y'all, y'all held me up there long enough. Psalm seventy three twenty four. You will guide. Oh, I, oh, I love this. I just keep loving the Word. I hope. I hope we have a, a local church here that loves the Word of God. I hope I can say that about our church that our people love the Word of God. You will guide me with your counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. That's that's, that's the story of Jesus, isn't it? Jesus said, I always pleased the Father. You know what that means? He always lived by faith because he couldn't please the Father without faith, so he always lived by faith. He always lived by the counsel of the Holy Spirit. His Father's counsel to him through the Holy Spirit. Always, always means always, and then he received him in the glory. Because the Father's counsel for Jesus was to get on that cross and lay his life down. Jesus said, can't no man take my life? I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment. I have been counseled of my Father, hallelujah. And I'm going to be obedient to him. And I'm going to lay my life down and raise it up again to prove that I'm the best shepherd you'll ever have, hallelujah. And if you'll hearken to my counsel, I'll lead you to glory. Mm, Mm. my goodness. Titus chapter 1, verse 1, Titus 1 and 1, Paul says he's a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Mm Mm-hmm. The acknowledging of the truth is the acceptance of the counsel of God. You're receiving the counsel of the Lord's advice to you. It's really more than advice. We can call it advice because you don't have to take it. But really, the word of the Lord is a command. All of it. He is the captain of my salvation. And everybody who's been in the military knows the captain don't walk in and say what y'all want to do today. He walks in and tells you what you gonna to do today from sun up to sundown. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So acknowledging of the truth is the receiving of the counsel of the Lord. Watch. Which is after godliness, which is the purpose. See, remember, advice or counsel has a purpose. If you you take the counsel of the ungodly, which would be, even though it might be somebody who's sweet, nice, giving, loving, caring, but if they were to tell you in your broken down moments that you just need to follow your heart. That's ungodly counsel. Well, you're just being mean, Pastor Curtis. They meant well. It's not about what they meant. It's ungodly counsel for me to tell you, just follow the leading of your heart. It's godly counsel for me to say, let's get in the word concerning your dilemma and let's pray together and let's... Let's look to Calvary and get the wisdom and the power of God in your situation. Let's don't just, let's don't just guess at it and, 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 and just say however you feel. Let, let's get in the Word. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He's faithful to guide you. But He's going to guide you into all truth. And if you allow him to guide you into all truth, the situations you've been unsure about what to do is uh, what to do in them, he'll just start taking care of all that for you. It's true. If you seek Him and his kingdom and his righteousness first, he'll add everything you got need of.. Mm-hmm. So acknowledging of the truth, is receiving the counsel of the Lord, and the result of it, the purpose of it, is godliness. Let's read the verse again. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Truth is after godliness. Or it's some perverted reason we're using the Bible. Does that go on today in our church world? People using the word for some perverted reasoning other than godliness? Mm Standing. Standing. We stand in grace. Or we're bound under law. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here tonight about standing, our standing. And remember that we can only stand properly if we stand from being seated properly. And you can only stand properly if you've been if you're seated properly. And then if if you if you're not if you're not standing where you need to be standing, your walk will be crippled. Your walk will not be right. You must rise from a seated position to stand and then you must walk. Galatians 5 and 1 says, stand fast therefore. Stand fast, that means don't move. See, standing is about being still. Standing, we're standing. It's like a military, it's like a, a soldier. We're, you know, guard that heel. Stand, don't let them take that heel. Stand. Stand. Make a stand, they say. You've heard it. You've all heard it. We're making a stand. We're holding our ground. The Bible says, stand fast, therefore, in the waters in this bottle. In is a place. In is a location. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, and I love this next word, where, with, where, at the cross, with Christ in his death. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Very simple instruction here. If you will stand in that place, you will not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. But if you do not stand there, you will. You you won't escape it. And that's why we have all the problems that we get ourselves into. We get ourselves into them because we're not functioning out of our seated position in Christ in a stance that we have in the liberty and freedom that He made for us there at the cross so that we can walk properly. And because we're not walking properly, we're getting ourselves into stuff. We're saying stuff wrong. We're doing stuff wrong. We're treating people wrong We're responding wrong because our walk is not right. And our walk is not right because our standing is not right. Because we're not not standing from this place of being seated with Christ. Stand fast therefore in... The liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I don't want to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This also tells us that ever bondage that will ever be can only be taken. Uh, can only we can only we can be. I'm struggling tonight. Wait till God calls you to preach. Every yoke of bondage can only be dealt with properly because of your faith in what Christ did to free you from it. I don't care what comes along and grabs a hold of you. If you don't go back to where Christ made you free and you're trying this or trying that to get free. Grandma said put a dream catcher up and your Aunt Lucy said do this three times and man, you're getting counsel. Oh, they love you so much. People are just bringing counsel from everywhere. You're so loved. Praise God you're so loved. But it's not godly counsel. If it's not pointing you back to the cross so that you can experience what it means to be seated with Christ and standing with Him and walking in Him, then it's not godly counsel. Amen. So Ephesians 6.14 also says, Stand, therefore, stand. It's talking about standing, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. We are called to Stand. We are called to stand. We're called to realize that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're called to stand, and we're also called to walk. And the Lord's reminding me right now that if we don't function through faith in the cross that gave us our seated position so we could stand properly and walk properly, how are we ever going to run the race He set before us? If I can't even walk, how am I going to run a race? Think about it. And all this is because of my faith being surrendered to what I'm being delivered to every moment, which is the death of Jesus. And if I stay surrendered, submitted to that great truth, godliness is the result. The manifestation, the expression of Jesus Christ is the result because let me say this tonight make sure we're all on the same page. Godliness is an expression of Jesus He is our godliness. We don't know anything about godliness without Jesus. What it means, what it looks like, how it's experienced, we don't know anything without him. So let's move on to the last part of this tonight, sitting. Our seated position will result in words that we speak. Let's go back to our first scripture, Psalms 1 and 1. We're told, Bless the man that, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And that means to be seated is, is, is what you're resting in. You're, you're, you're confident in this. And that's why we, we, we declare what we're confident about. We declare what we're confident in. And the Bible there says that the blessed, the man who's blessed is not going to sit in the seat of the scornful, and the scornful are those who are scoffing. And they may not necessarily be scoffing with their, their lips, most do, but they scoff with their lives. Their lives are scoffing at the way of God, the move of God, the, the reality of being crucified, buried, and raised with Christ and living in His triumph, more than conquerors, running a victorious race. That's for the most part, that's not going on. Rivers of living water are not flowing from the church's innermost being today. And it's because that we're getting wrong counsel. Most of the time it is from preachers because if they're preaching and leaving the cross out, the the counsel is, is warped. The counsel is warped without the truth of Calvary. doesn't matter what the Word is about. It's got to be touching Calvary. And we go into the grave preaching this message. We go into the grave preaching this. We go into the grave because, you know... The first words that you heard your God say to you was talking about the Lamb. The first words in the Bible relate to Jesus. He said, I am the beginning. And the first words in your Bible is in the beginning. And you're in the one who is the beginning. The last words in your Bible is something about let there be grace and whatever. Let's let's look at it. Y'all want to look at it, don't you? The last verse of the Bible, I looked at it, and I, my mind has left me this evening. Revelation 21, let me see. Revelation 22, verse 21, the last word in the Bible. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. He's Man, he's the first thing mentioned in the Old Covenant. In the beginning, that's Jesus. He said, I am the beginning. The last word is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Think about it. So to be sitting, our seated position is going to be wherever we're seated, whoever we're seated with, whoever we're in agreement with, our words are going to be from that group of whoever. Because whoever you're associated with spiritually, there's counsel there and you're going to be delivering those words. And if it's not the message of the cross center place, if it's not the focus of the cross and the Lamb, it's wrong counsel. Even though it's in the Word, do you know it? something can be in the Word and it, and it, not, and it not be for you today? You do know that, right? You, in the Old Testament, you had to be circumcised. That ain't for you today. You do have to be circumcised, but not like that you got to be circumcised with the circumcision meat Jesus made for you at Calvary. Your heart has to be circumcised. But to go get circumcised, your sons, that ain't going to make them righteous, not even going to give them a seal of righteousness. There are people who's tried, tried to live their lives imitating Christ in a false way. To the point I even read of one man, I think it was in one of F.J. Hugel's writings, he said one man thought he could just, he thought God wanted him to imitate Christ. He even got to the point where he went out and crucified himself on an old fence post. That <laughs> just ain't getting it. You're not called to imitate Christ. You're called to partake of him. Partake of him. I said partaking of the divine nature, which is the nature of the light. You're called to... Every time you've tried to imitate Jesus, it didn't go well. Did it? No. It takes the Spirit of God to express him, and he only works through Calvary's cross. That's why he delivers you there always under the death of Jesus so you can get moved out of the way and express the one who gave his life for you. Amen. So whoever we're seated with in our seated positions, that's the counsel we're receiving and that's the counsel that others are going to be receiving from us. Hmm. And if we're seated properly in a position, uh, then what's going to be heard is the truth and the testimony of our God. Our words are going to be seasoned with the grace of God and not words that sound like scoffers. I told you this many times before, but before I got me a Bible and started reading it in 1994, I sit in break areas for years on my jobs and listening to people. And every once in a while, y'all know how it is, the conversation would go spiritual. It happens in secular realms. And every once in a while, somebody will say something and it leads people into a, a spiritual Conversation. And I remember many times they said this. I even threw my two cents in, and everybody was saying this off the wall, nobody knew a thing, but no, didn't nobody know, didn't nobody know nothing. And when I got me a Bible and I started reading the Bible, studying the Word of God, I remember saying, My Lord, we're all wrong. Most everybody is wrong. If they're not quoting Scripture in light of the one who said the scriptures about him. And point people to what he did that makes the scriptures applicable to them, then they're wrong. Even you meant this Bible. The word of the Lord is right, isn't that scripture? Psalms thirty-three, four. The word of the Lord is right, and all his works though are done in the word, or the truth of the word. The word of the Lord is right, and all his, all his works are done in truth. So being seated is referring to the place from where our judgment comes. Now, I'm closing with this. But being seated is referring to the place from where our judgment comes. Look. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. Being seated with folks, in this sense, sits in the seat of the scornful. Being seated with folk, you're in agreement with their counsel. That's why why a lot of times God's, and right now it's going on, God's getting people up and out of where they are because they just can't agree with it. Amen. Amen. We've experienced it our own selves. So being seated is referring to the place from where our judgment comes. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places because of His work on the cross. And our judgment, which is our discernment, which is our determination, is our being in agreement with the judgment of God. Everybody knows what the judge our judgment is, right? Can can we put Second Corinthians five fourteen on the screen tonight? I don't have it here, but I can bring it up. I got a Bible. Amen. Second Corinthians five fourteen. Don't bury me with the Bible in my casket. Somebody else needs it. I won't need it no more. <laughs> you know how people bury me with my Bible. <laughs> I won't need it no more. Give it to my son. Give it to a lost person. They'll think it's a coloring book if they get my Bible. Second Corinthians five fourteen. Here it comes. For the love of this, far, everybody out there running around also talking about love, 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 love. We need to be talking about love, but here it comes. For the love of Christ. Constrains us, holds us together, keeps us the course, keeps us seated properly, standing properly, walking properly, running the race properly. The love of Christ is what's got us constrained. Watch, because we thus judge. What's our judgment? That if one died for all, then all were dead. That's our judgment. That's how the love of Christ holds us steady, holds us the course our judgment that's our message if Christ died for all don't we think all need to hear it amen and if the Bible teaches that the church can move and migrate off into a dead place do, do we not think they need to hear this message this judgment this discernment this determination amen let me read it again for the love of Christ constrains us why Because we thus judge. This is our judgment. This is our discernment. This is our determination. We've determined that if one died for all, then all had to be dead. You know Jesus died for everybody because everybody was dead? The cross of Christ is what has brought every human being and all of humanity into the story of God. The cross is what makes you a part of the story. And what you do with it, And the counsel of God comes through Calvary's cross. The counsel of God comes through Calvary's cross, Calvary's lamb. And what you do with that will determine whether you're going to experience what it means to be blessed in your walk, blessed in your standing, and blessed where you're seated among people. Amen. Amen. We don't go to church because grandma goes there. We go to church where the lamb is portrayed. We go to church where the message of the cross, the gospel is the centrality of all things that we talk about. No matter what we talk about, you give us just a couple of minutes, we're going to end up at Calvary. Why? Not because we're trying to get our own thing going, because that's where the Holy Spirit delivers us to always. Always. If the church would grab a hold of this, we could love each other. We could see the greatest move of God that has ever taken place in the church world since it was birthed on Pentecost. I'm telling you, if we would just accept the reality that our Lord is not delivering us anywhere by His Spirit except to the death He died. Because out of that comes the reality of where we're seated with Him in heavenly places. What it means to stand with Him in this place and to walk in Him and to finally understand what it means to run this great race of victory. You can't run if you can't walk. And you can't walk if you can't even stand. And you can't stand properly because you really don't know where you're seated. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? We'll quit right here. Praise the Lord. I'm just excited tonight. I am excited tonight, and I ain't got to jump up and hit my head on the ceiling to be excited. I was telling somebody the other day, I don't remember who it was. i, was, I It happened more than once. I was standing on the front row, had my eyes closed, my hands up, and I just felt the breeze go by. Go by. And I opened my eyes and said, what was that? It was Stacy Blevins running by. I said, what was that? I felt wind. (laughs) I said, somebody done got excited, you know? I'm telling you, we have got the greatest treasure. We ought to go to bed at night excited. We ought to wake up excited. I'm telling you. Listen, when you get down during the day because of this news, that news, well, all the millions of things and, and millions of different avenues of counsel that rush into our... Y'all Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's counsel coming at you from every direction. Those thoughts that enter your head, those are counsels coming. They're advice. They're, and they have a purpose to, to get us down, to get us off track, to make us feel oppressed and God's answer is but one. If you'll just hear where He's pointing you to, where He's delivering you to, you'll find His purpose in your life. And all the other purposes of all the other councils will be looked at properly from where you're seated with your Lord in heavenly places. Amen? Father, we love you tonight. We thank you. For your word that encourages us and reminds us, Lord, of the reality of what your son paid for at Calvary. Beyond what we'll ever be able to grasp completely in this life, I will ask tonight for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to increase, to be increased in our hearts of these great truths. Our position, our condition our relationship with you I thank you for these words tonight Lord I know I just scrambled them up Lord and but I know you can do amazing things and I thank you Lord for reminding us where we're seated because of what your son did for us at Calvary I thank you for reminding us that from that seated position we're able to stand and walk run this great race and to be seated among the right people who carry the right counsel Lord I thank you for the blessed place that you're revealing to your people more and more and more I thank you Lord for the great truths and I ask you to show us more of the wonderful truths hidden in your word for us to be unfolded into our hearts line upon line and precept upon precept Lord given to us without our intervention Lord may our intervention only be that to by faith experience what you've said what you've provided for us And may it become a greater reality in our lives, Lord, in the days ahead. I thank you that everything you provided is real and they're true. I'm asking you, Lord, for a greater experience by faith of all that you gave your Son for us to have on this side of glory. And I thank you for it. I thank you for the increase that you're giving your church now. I thank you, Lord, for building your church. I thank you, Lord, that even though, Lord, sometimes we look out and we, we ask ourselves, how could we be in this big of a mess as a church, Lord? And, and I know what that feels like, Lord. But I thank you that you're still present and you're still building. Your church upon the revelation of your Son. And I pray that you'd help us minister this to our families, our co-workers, our classmates, our friends, those we meet on the highways and the byways and in the marketplace. I pray that you would stir our hearts and the desire to be a, a witness unto you and a testimony to all that know us would be greater in the days ahead, Lord. Greater in the days ahead. Lord, help us not to look back and ever say those were the best times. Lord, help Help us to look ahead and reach for the best times that will surely have the potential of being in front of us, Lord. I thank you tonight. I thank you for loving us, saving us, and giving us this great opportunity to know you and to walk with you and to be the light of who you are in this dark world. Bless the people of Crossway Church here, those in the Amen Corner. Bless those, Lord, who will stagger across this message at some point, Lord. Open their eyes and give them spirit-taught hearts that they might be found seeing that which you're delivering them unto always that they might always be found being made conformable into that image. We thank you tonight, Lord, for giving us a place to gather, a stand to take that others might be able to learn what it means to be determined as we look at not just Paul but at our Savior, the Son that you sent who was determined to make it to Calvary. And I thank you for that determination of yours, Father, to give him, of his to make it to Calvary, and of the Holy Spirit to always deliver us unto that great truth, that place of death where life comes from. And we pray tonight for all those that you've raised up and given pulpits to become, Lord, the great fellowship of determined ministers and I pray that you would add to that in the days ahead (coughs) and we just give you all the praise tonight in the blessed and holy name of Jesus (coughs) is there anybody here tonight that needs us to gather around you and pray for you If you do, why don't you come on down and let us pray for you tonight. We family here, those of you who are sick and couldn't make it to church, I pray the Lord's touch be upon you right now that when you wake up in the morning, everything's going to be better. Every one of them. Brother Jimmy, we're praying for you. Brother Ron, Rosa, Gladys, the Ott family, the Harris family. Every person, every person, every person who's struggling with anything, look to where the Holy Spirit's pointing you and you will find the move of God. It's an impossibility not to find the move of God if you'll look to where the Holy Spirit is delivering you. He delivers you to the place that he can be found working as the spirit of grace in your life so we praise you tonight Lord we thank you for brother Jerry we thank you for what you're doing oh okay Lord we just lift up our brother Jason tonight we pray that Lord you would heal his eyes we pray that you'd let him see That you touch him, Lord. And Lord, let it be a success, Lord, what takes place tomorrow, that he has eyes that can see, ears that can hear, legs that can walk. And Lord, I'm praying, I'm standing against that that disease that's in his body. I'm asking you to remove it in the mighty name of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm praying that you would remove that which hinders his strength in his body, that you've made your temple. And I thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, that we can bind our faith together, that we can agree that you're going to heal his eyes. And we can agree on that. Tonight, and expect to see it in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Lord, as, as we prepare to leave this place tonight, Lord, let us continue to be found in a state of worship before you, receiving of that marvelous grace, not just being church people, but a light in this world. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Restore those relationships that's been torn apart. Oh, help us, Lord, to come together and gather around the great sacrificial truth of your Son so that we can be gathered around the throne together. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Lord, I pray that you would begin to heal the sick like our eyes have not seen before. That you would raise up the lame like we've not seen before. That you would cast out devils like we've not seen before. And that the message of the cross would be in the pulpits like never before in the days ahead. Your church, your people becoming determined to know nothing other and it's in the name of Jesus we ask these things tonight and everybody said amen everybody said I love Jesus amen have a great week I love you I'll see you Sunday morning